Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. It can be that later today we will see the third indictment of President Trump, as I mentioned a few hours ago. You'll be seeing this on Tuesday, though I'm recording this late Monday evening. I'm going to get this up, maybe in the, even the wee hours of the morning or first thing in the morning, probably before the indictment is announced. They said it's supposed to happen. If it does, it would happen sometime around or after 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Big hug to all of y'all. Yeah, some of you guys caught the in the last uh, quick little video I made some crutches that were uh, here. They're not supposed to be in the frame. They're supposed to be over here. But one of my children didn't want me to trip over it and put it there. Just to answer the question, I jumped in the lake, landed on a rock, and rolled my ankle. Summertime injury. Not a big deal, though uh, I'm just not getting over the pain of it. Big hug to all of y'all, folks. Let's get into this very interesting news about the discovery of a body in Martha's Vineyard connected to the Obamas. We're getting a new look at Tafari Campbell, a personal chef for former President Barack Obama who died while paddleboarding on Martha's Vineyard. You're looking at video from 11 years ago when Campbell was a White House sous chef. His body was recovered this morning in a pond right near the Obama family's home on Martha's Vineyard. The 45-year-old kept working for the Obamas after they left the White House. They did release a statement and it says in part, quote, he's been part of our lives ever since leaving the White House and our hearts Hearts are broken that he's gone. State police are still investigating exactly what happened. Well, this isn't necessarily a deja vu moment. We've seen this before. Meaning, we've seen the former chef of the White House die drowning. And if you want to know who that is, well, who has the reputation for having people close to him, them, die mysteriously. Now know how Walter Sheeb died. His body was found Sunday night just off the Yerba Canyon trailhead in very rugged terrain. New Mexico State Police say after an autopsy, the medical investigator reports Sheeb drowned and his death is officially an accident. Sheeb moved to Taos in March. A friend told our partners at the Journal he may have been trying to be closer to his girlfriend. He previously worked as a chef in the White House, first under Bill Clinton, and stayed on when George W. Bush took over. Last night, President Clinton released a statement reading in part, Hillary and I are saddened by the tragic passing of former White House executive chef Walter Sheeb. Our family was grateful to have Walter with us in the White House for six years, where we and visitors from around the world loved his delicious and creative meals. And former First Lady Laura Bush added, President Bush and I are saddened by the tragic death of former White House executive chef Walter Sheeb. Walter was an outstanding talent. He prepared magnificent dinners for world leaders and delicious fare for our family and friends. George and I send our heartfelt sympathy to Walter's loved ones. He was also involved in multiple charities, appeared on Iron Chef, started his own corporation, and wrote a book. Isn't that interesting? Let's just... Let's not say any conspiracy here. Let's say, isn't that interesting that in 2015, a former chef of the Clintons dies drowning and we had on Sunday a former chef for the Obamas who died because he drowned. And then we had last week, Valuetainment having an argument with Anthony Weiner about the Clinton kill list. And in there, Anthony Weiner is asked, how come there's no people close to the Bushes and the Obamas dying? And then we get this happen. I know it's totally unconnected, right? It's totally unconnected, but it is interesting. Everybody has a stereotype. You have a reputation whether you like it or not. What's your reputation? Your reputation is you like to text underage girls and you like to talk to girls and you sex sending pictures of your dangling. That's your reputation. Whatever you do, you can't do anything about it. We're gonna clear some people's my, names today. My question for you is, my question for you is, how is it that in the last 50 years, we don't have a single candidate 
Everybody has their own hate. John F. K. was a playboy with Marilyn Monroe. Trump, Karen McDougal, Stormy Daniels. You know, George Bush linked to 9-11 and weapons of mass destruction. Bill Clinton linked to Arkansas women, all this other stuff. Everybody has a reputation. How is it that the reputation that follows them is people close to them die? Why right. is that a story that people, many people believe in? Why is how, that? Are the Clintons in their 70s yet? If I, you don't think I can make a list of other people who are 70-something years old and say this person died, How come that they person done died, that with this Bush? person died? Hold on. How come they haven't done that with Bush? He's in the same, same I age. I have no freaking idea why they haven't done that with Trump. How come they haven't done that with Trump? Say, but, so are you saying, so you agree with what How I'm saying? How come they haven't done that with Reagan? So How come they haven't done that with Kerry? What point are you making about these men and women How who you listed? How is it so many people close to them die? How is it so many people, people close, close to, to them everybody as dies? How is are it you so suggesting... Okay. I'm asking the question. You're is what asking I'm doing. all the time. No, Look no. at the internet. Give me another body count with another president or candidate. Give me do another person. Do you really think that someone within the Do me a favor. Do you really think Barack Obama body count? Do you really think? You probably can't hear that because my microphone filters outside, most outside noise. But if you are able to hear fireworks, it's because yesterday because we're now a little bit past midnight here in Utah, it was Pioneer Day, which is this state's 4th of July celebration of pioneers coming into the Salt Lake Valley. Not used to that, everything being closed and it being like a state holiday. Okay, now we know about the Clinton kill list. If you don't know about the Clinton kill list because you are just now awakening to truth, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole investigate it. It is eye-opening and literally one of the most documented conspiracy theories out there. I mean, there are actual so many people close to the Clintons. And that little clip I played you there, Anthony Weiner's trying to make the uh, case. Well, the, the Clintons are in their 70s. A whole, you know, when you get in the 70s, a whole bunch of people die around you. Yeah. This list goes back to decades. So, since we are talking conspiracy theories, some things are not theories. For instance, all kinds of people having heart injuries and blood clots due to the bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine. One of those appears to be Tori Kelly, 30 years old, a Grammy-winning singer-songwriter. Tori Kelly, hospitalized after a collapse Sunday night. According to TMZ, the 30-year-old Grammy winner is being treated for blood clots around her vital organs. A source tells the outlet that Tori was out to dinner in downtown Los Angeles when her heart started beating really fast. That's when she passed out and was reportedly out for a while before being taken to the hospital. The source adds Tori's friends opted not to call an ambulance because they wanted her to receive treatment at one of LA's best known care facilities rather than a hospital downtown. The singer's currently in the ICU where blood clots have been found in both her legs and lungs. But doctors are still trying to determine if there are any located around her heart. Per the source, she's been in and out of consciousness throughout the ordeal. ET has reached out to Tori's reps for comment. The star who rose to fame in 2015 appeared to be doing okay as recently as Sunday afternoon when she shared this motivating message to her Insta stories. Happy Sunday. Jesus loves you so much. Now, I'm not familiar with Tori Kelly, but I love that message there, her Sunday message. Happy Sunday. Jesus loves you so much. Turns out in my investigation of Tori Kelly... Uh, who just turned 30. She has enjoyed a highly successful career in the music industry, and the Grammy that she won in 2019 was for Best Gospel Album and Best Gospel Performance Song. So uh, we're praying for her healing and her recovery. Uh, from the few things I've read investigating her, she seems like a stellar young lady. Because now I'm in my 40s. Someone at 30 uh, is a young lady. Heck, I feel like a young man in my 40s. Now, this isn't the only person who has collapsed uh, 
I want you to check this out. Um, this is a, the latest from Died Suddenly. This is ESPN commentator Shaka Hislop. Watch what happened on live TV before the Rio Madrid and AC Milan friendly football, or as we call it here in the United States, soccer match. Andrew Bellingham will operate. Is it as a boxing box midfielder? Is it behind a striker? Shows it starts. Yes, Summer. He's been left behind. He's on the naughty step from PSG. He's not come on the tour of Japan. What have you been saying? Shaq! Shaq! Now, for those of you just listening to this, you're not watching it, whether you're on Patreon or Locals, or you're not watching it on Spotify, or you're listening to it on the BCP podcast, the growth of the podcast has been absolutely phenomenal. I want to thank all of you who are listening to this as a podcast. What I just played there is ESPN analyst and former professional goalkeeper Shaka Hislop unexpectedly collapsing during a live broadcast. This was at the Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena, California on Sunday. And it was during the pregame show ahead of a friendly match between AC Milan and Real Madrid. So while carrying out his duty as an ESPN analyst, Hislop was in a conversation with his co-host Dan Thomas in the middle of their discussion the 54-year-old began to falter and soon after fell towards Thomas. The sudden development immediately alarmed those present and medical personnel were immediately called to the scene. The broadcast was actually momentarily interrupted as the focus turned to his well-being with viewers expressing their concern and support on social media. And this clip has gone uh, viral. Hislop, born in England, has had a successful career as a goalkeeper, with his career spanning over a decade with clubs like West Ham United, yada, yada, yada. After retiring from the sport, he joined ESPN as a soccer analyst, lending his expert opinion on the game. So uh, his ESPN co-anchor then tweeted out that he was conscious and medics were looking after him. Uh, so he, after a while, he was conscious and he was talking. Half-time then here at the Rose Bowl, it's AC Milan to Real Madrid, nil, but that of course very much secondary to what happened ahead of the game. Obviously my mate Shaka not here, but as it stands, it's good news. He's conscious, he's talking, I think he's a little embarrassed about it all, he's, he's apologised profusely. Not a man who likes people to make a fuss of him. Obviously far too early to make any sort of diagnosis, but the important thing is that Shaka's conscious and we spoke to his family as well because you imagine seeing that happen live there can't be many more things that can scare you amongst the family but fortunately we spoke to his wife and things are looking okay silly Shaka alright then we'll be going back to the second half of this game here at the Rose Bowl thank you for all your love and as it stands uh, Shaka looks like he'll be alright now here is um, here is something that I, I want to uh, play for you. I, I really like Ed Dowd. I've watched him do several segments on one of... Uh, I, I'll, I'll say that one of my mentors is Steve Bannon from afar. You don't have to have mentors that personally mentor you. Uh, but one of my uh, mentors from afar is Steve Bannon. I just... I don't watch other pundits. Just so you're aware, I don't watch other pundits and other people's shows on any sort of regularity. Usually it's because they have a guest or there's a segment or something that I want to see and I'll go and watch that. I, I'm very particular about that because I don't want to sound like anybody. I don't want to parrot other people and I want to give you my analysis. One of the people that I watch with regularity, not that I tune in to watch them, but because I'm like, oh, that's a good guest or I see a tweet where that was a good segment and that's Steve Bannon and the War Room. And I've had, and I have shown here on the show several times, Ed Dowd, who is a former BlackRock guy, and he analyzes all of this data having to do with all these medical anomalies since the vaccine. Looking at data 
about how the vaccine specifically has been damaging, not emotionally, but with empirical data, with statistics, with numbers that you can't refute. Most of those coming from the government. So, prayers for Mr. Uh, Hislop. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. The Englishman, I hope he recovers and uh, does better. This is information gleaned from the UK system. They have a uh, personal independent pension system. And that's what happens. It's like disability. It's like disability payments over in England. And Ed Dowd this time wasn't discussing this on Steve Bannon's show. He was actually with Drew uh, Pinsky and Dr. Kelly Victory discussing this. And they ask him to to dumb it down. And I want to play this segment for you. Let me let let me just cut to the chase. So many injuries. Uh, there are so many people with massive injuries that have been approved to get these disability payments in the UK. It is a huge skyrocket. It is is a, it's multiples of past years, and it it it, it starts a little bit in in, in twenty twenty, and then twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. The thing explodes. Ooh, what happened in 2021 and 2022, if not for the jab, the fake vaccine that's actually a bioweapon causing massive harm? All right. So with that little introduction, let me play this for you. And welcome. Let's uh, bring Ed Dowd in straight away here. Ed, welcome back. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Drew. Great to be here. So for people who don't know you, explain who you are and why you're someone who fell into this role of looking at this data. So I'm the next, uh, well, currently trying to start a company back on Wall Street, but uh, ex-Wall Street uh, investor, worked at BlackRock for 10 years, uh, picking stocks for growth portfolios, had to analyze trends and numbers and and data, and uh, that's what we did. We tried to figure out trends before everybody else did to make money for our clients. So. I've come into this uh, strange world of um, the pandemic, and we've discovered excess deaths that are continuing on into 22 and 23. We've discovered disabilities across the globe. And uh, today we're presenting data from the UK uh, that's called the uh, Personal Independence Pension System. It's a disability pension that actually digs down into causes and uh, human systems. And we're not doctors, so we're presenting this data that's pretty stunning, and we're asking all doctors to kind of help us figure out what's going on. Let's put aside, let's suspend what, what's the cause of it. Just, we just need to know that this is occurring, it's a serious problem, and we need doctors to look at our data and help us explain what's going on. Nice way of Ed Dowd saying, let us know what's going on with this damn set of vaccines and boosters from Moderna, Pfizer, in the UK, what would be AstraZeneca, and others that are causing these huge damages to people. Let's put aside all of this phony shilling for Big Pharma, and let's get to the bottom of this. I like Ed Dowd, maybe because, you know, as an economist, I didn't work at BlackRock, but having worked at Arthur Anderson, and one of the things I did was just we looked at data for our clients, usually for damage analysis at the very end of my career with Arthur Anderson. I was looking at trends for clients who had patents that could be used outside of their normal realm of business. And interestingly enough, this is a BCP Unfiltered show, so allow me to just go off on a tangent here because I haven't thought about this in a long time. It was actually kind of fun. We were looking at one of our clients uh, was a company that had all of this technology and we were working with Apple and others with this technology, the screen technology for touchscreen and for interact uh, interaction with phones. Now, this is back in early 2000s, so uh, 99 to 2001, right before 9-11, then I got into investment banking 
in 2000, right around 9-11. Worst time to get into investment banking, but I was blessed. I was actually the only guy in our firm who actually consummated a merger. I'll pat myself on the back. It was a lot of hard work. Everyone else was depressed. And I was like, I need to make money for my family. I am going to work harder than ever in this environment. For those that were in the market at the time, everyone was hoarding cash. Everyone thought the world had ended after 9-11. No one wanted to do anything. And I was able to merge two uh, manufacturers in the United States uh, together. And um, anyhow, numbers, 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 and looking at numbers and trends is great to make money. But I really like the fact that Ed Dowd is looking at this to help humanity. And that's the beauty of many brilliant people. They don't just do things for money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. But also using their talents to get to the bottom of things that will help humanity. And folks, we need to get to the bottom of how far and wide reaching these vaccine injuries are and will be and how to mitigate that. And remind me again, I actually forget, what, what got you interested in all this in the first place? Uh, I started seeing anomalies occurring in 21, uh, early 21, uh, just strange occurrences of uh, sudden deaths amongst uh, athletes. Um, started to hear about people getting sick and having adverse events. Now, obviously, I think it's linked to something, but let's suspend that for a moment. Let's just talk about the data that we're seeing today that's pretty pretty devastating and, and, and overwhelming. And it overwhelms my team and I because we're just, we're sad to see this kind of damage going on currently in the population. You know, you and I communicate frequently and you've been passing back and forth to me uh, the data as you and your team have been uncovering it and, and sourcing it, uh, it's sort of uh, trying to put it into different categories. For the purpose of today, you are a statistics and data guru, um, and, but for the purpose of our audience and those who might not be, I'm going to ask you to explain what we are talking about today like I'm a five-year-old, uh, like I have absolutely no background in statistics or data or an ability to read research so that people really understand what we're looking at. Um, so to be clear, the data that you're going to present and I want to pick through some of it uh, specifically, but the data you're presenting in general, if I'm uh, not mistaken, is information that came from the UK, from their disability, uh, fundamentally people in the UK file a disability claim for any particular reason, and you're looking specifically at those disability claims that were approved, if you will so that they are being paid on. These are claims that are being paid on for people who have made a claim for some particular medical issue. Pretty much right? Correct. It's the UK Personal Independence Pension System. It's their disability payment system. So the data we're presenting is as of January 23. They, they, they issue this data every six months. So we'll get some new data to get us up to date soon. But there's enough time series for us to analyze that something has gone off the rails and especially in 2022. 2022 is when a lot of the signals really start to take take off. And so unlike what you had presented previously, it was just an overall general increase in disability claims, which we've seen in the United States, a huge increase in disability claims overall, you and your team have parsed this out into different disease systems or body systems. So it's not only what disabilities have increased, but based on a particular diagnosis or a particular medical condition so that we can look at it and say what disabilities are related to cardiovascular issues or musculoskeletal issues or neurologic issues, skin issues, and on and on. So you went through and parsed it out based on different conditions, different medical diagnoses, if you will. And so in each one, I could say, I will summarize for you before we actually look, start looking at your slides, it is fair to say there is an overwhelming, cataclysmic increase in the incidence of many, many different categories of medical conditions. Something horrific is going on. And we as doctors and certainly as a society and as a you know, medical complex are obligated, in my mind, to understand not only that something is happening, but then start coming up with some theories or some ideas about what might be happening and how the heck we're going to address it. Because when I look at this data, 
it is, you know, I'm gobsmacked. It, it is absolutely overwhelming in terms of the implications, not only for human health and suffering, but for the, the cost of healthcare and for the, you know, solvency of our workforce, uh, if you will. Now, my original edit of this segment, I was going to go right into Ed Dowd, but I really like Dr. Uh, Kelly, Kelly Victory. I really like her explanation and her synopsis of what Ed Dowd's about to present. And of course, you heard Ed say, and we all we all know what's really going on here. These are vaccine injuries. And they are affecting all types of systems within our God-created human bodies. So let's get into Ed Dowd. So with that, I will let you take it from here and start with uh, how you'd like to present the data, and then I'll pop in with questions. I want to reiterate, we're not doctors, and we need the help of the medical community and the regulators to explain what's going on, because it's alarming. So with that, let me start with the first slide, which is just the percentage increases over time of these different human body systems that uh, the claims have, the, the claims cleared and, and, and paid have gone up. And you can see, I'll point out hematolo hematology, hematological, which I didn't know what that was when my, my, my team and I first started doing this. I had to look it up. I'm not, a, again, I'm not a doctor. That's up 522% in 2022. And I want to say this is versus trend. Now, it's not versus 21 or 20. It's versus a trend that we analyze uh, from, from 2016 to 2019. So it, it's okay. a percent increase over trend. And the trends were stable. Hematological. Well, I know that I know what a hemophiliac is. So you use your deductive reasoning to think that's probably blood uh, related. Ed Dow did something here that's very, very important. I wanted to pause here because I, as a numbers guy and a statistics guy and an economist, this is very important what he did here. He wasn't just looking at, oh my gosh, these things have exploded from 2022, from 2021, or from 2021 to 2020. He looked at several years of it to see what the trends were overall, and they were very stable. And then in these blood-related injuries in which the UK paid out a disability or a PIP to these individuals, it was up 5x plus over the trend. So he's not just saying like, you know, because you go from year to year, you might have an anomaly or something that can explain. But when you're looking at this thing has been stable and then we have a 5x growth 522% growth over the stable baseline over several years in 2021 and 2022. That is statistically astounding. Once again, not just looking at comparing it over a, 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 a few years uh, versus over a year, but over what the trend has been overall. And that's what Ed Dow was, was looking at before in the U.S. That's what I've reported on, on before. But this data is very specific because it goes down to the different body functions. But you look at over time, deaths have been very, the mortality rate has been very stable. And we have this COVID sickness that's supposed to be the plague that kills us all. And there are some deaths, but the deaths we, we knew at the time and now we've got confirmation have been inflated. You know, if you got hit by a car and then the autopsy showed that you had COVID, it was a COVID death. And then when you back all those numbers out, it was a really, really bad flu. And the flu every single year takes out people with high comorbidities. And that's what happened. But to a greater extent. But where has the damage come? It's come since the vaccine. 500% plus increase in damages to people blood related. That is very specific and very scary, but it doesn't end there. And then this exploded and you can see, if you look uh, at, at this chart, different body systems started off slowly in 2020, 
picked up speed in 21 and just exploded in 2022. So something is going on that is detrimental to the population of the UK. We can link it to the US because we've already linked the UK work, uh, work time lost in the UK to the US. Same phenomenon there is going on. So it's, it's not hard for us to surmise that if we had access to the US data, we'd see similar results. And I, I just want to point out, you know, auditory issues up 121% in 2022 versus mm-hmm. trend. Cardiovascular, 121. Uh, you know, uh, oncology just started going up this year in, in 2022. Uh, I, I mean, last year. Um, and then uh, genital u- urinary is up 142%. That's, that has to do with the uh, reproductive system. So again, these, the, these numbers are just crazy percentage-wise. And then we can convert these into, and here's where I'm going to talk like, like your five-year-old, Dr. Kelly. Um, we can convert these things to what's called Z-scores or standard deviations. And a, a standard deviation, all it is, is there's an average. Uh, there's an average of occurrences that occur around a mean, uh, the average. And the further away you get from the mean, the more uh, unlikely it is to occur. All right, folks, I want this. I'm geeking out here because, of course, I'm a statistic and an economist and a numbers guy. And there's, this is very important stuff here to realize the for you for us to realize the magnitude of what's going on here right so generally as lay people we think of average right so there's 10 people you get all their ages and then you divide that by the 10 people to get the average age and then when you look at a data set or something like that sometimes you'll have these numbers that are like way out we call them outliers they are numbers that just don't seem to they deviate, they go too far away from this mean number. And generally, when you're looking at a data set that's large and you have these outlier numbers, often you, you'll want to look at it. What was that a was that an error in the data, in the recording, or something else? And often when you're looking at data sets, you discard or you discount or you ignore or you delete the outliers. Those, da- those data numbers that are way away from the mean. So with that in mind, listen to what Ed Dowd says next. So, you know, things, things that jump out at you are called standard deviation events. So three standard deviations happens 0.3% of the time from, from, from normal. That's what, that's, what, that's what statistics is. It's an observation from normal. So three standard deviations is 0.3% of the time. In Wall Street, that's a big deal. Um, a lot of these standard deviations from trend are just eye-popping. We look at them on a monthly basis and an annual basis. And on the annual numbers, hematology is up 61 standard deviations from trend. And just to kind of you know, give you an idea how kooky that is, that's like the probability of a black hole appearing uh, you know, near the earth and we get sucked in in two years. I mean, it's just, it, 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 it's not uh, something that is likely to occur th- uh, mistakenly. And, and, and in this case, across all body systems. This is mind boggling. In statistics, generally, standard deviation is plus or minus three. Keep it simple. When you have standard deviations that are more than that, Generally, you have these numbers in your data set that are past that. Those large standard deviations are the outliers. But these numbers are so large as far as standard deviation, so far away from the mean that what would be considered outliers in normal data sets or normal years are part of this data set. It's just... Mind-boggling. That's why Ed Dowd says it's, it's like having a black hole. It's it's it. The, the numbers are so far out that there is a an absolute explosion in these occurrences that is worrisome. These numbers are people are not realizing how big these numbers are because they're not in this data set. They're not in the medical community. But let's anecdotally sit back. How many people do you personally know? have vaccine injuries. Here's a scarier thought, exercise. My wife and I did this several months ago. We just said, hey, let's start listening to people that we know that got a vaccine. We are not vaccinated. 
I am not vaccinated. My parents are not vaccinated. My siblings are not vaccinated. Did I say my children aren't vaccinated? So my wife and I, our four children aren't vaccinated. But when we sit down and look outside of our mostly immediate family, we know tons of people that have been vaccinated. I would say a majority of the people that we know that don't share our political views have been vaccinated. They either did it for work, they did it because of fear, they did it because they know someone that died with COVID or got very sick with COVID. I would say most people that we've spoken to that were intimate, that are are, are friends and family of ours, not our immediate family, that have done it, fear usually factors into it. So the missus and I started going, okay, we know that Fulano, Jane Doe, John Doe, they all got the vaccine. And then we're like, have they been sick? Now, a lot of times we're like, oh yeah, they got sick this, they've been sick several times. And then a couple of people, we weren't very, very sure. And my wife, if she knew him on social media, or some of these people should go like, hey, let me see something. And she would just go troll their social media shows. Oh yeah, they've been sick three times in the last couple of years. I just went down their feed. I mean, this was kind of like a ad hoc, just random sample thing that we did. I want to say it was a Sunday afternoon. We're just talking about it and I'm not on, I'm not on social media, uh, but the missus is, and she was just going uh, like that. She even texted some friends going, Hey, um, just curious. You've gotten, you've gotten the, uh, you know, you've, you've gotten the vaccine. Have you gotten sick? Really? How many times? And I don't have an exact number, but anecdotally, every single one of them either got COVID or got some sort of sickness. They, they, would have, they may have said a flu or they, got, uh, they, they, they were sore or they had a headache. I don't think when we went through the, that exercise that we had more than two or three or four people that I can off the top of my head recall that didn't have some sort of adverse effect from it. I think everyone complained of at least of a pain at the injection site. Scary stuff, folks. And th- this is why I'm playing, I- I- I'm, I'm delving into this in this episode. Ed Dowd's going to have the, 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 the UK publishes these, these numbers every six months. But the trend has been, okay, you know, people are not, we're moving away from the fear, right, of the vaccine. But it's progressively getting worse. These incidents are getting worse. And I can't wait to see Ed Dowd's update once he gets the, the, the June numbers, probably next month or the month after that. That's a scary thing, folks, is a lot of these adverse effects aren't showing up in VARES because people are getting sick, dying. You know, you, you see oncology is part of this thing. People are getting cancer and skin diseases and heart issues and blood problems. Now we're looking years after the vaccine and the booster, and the problems are still persisting and getting worse. Absolute scary, folks. It truly is a bioweapon. I don't see how anybody cannot come to that conclusion. It it can't be by mistake. It can't be that they were just rushing, that there was some, you know, that just wasn't effective. See, what would happen is it just wouldn't have been effective. And, and it wasn't effective, right? But now we're years later and people are still having these huge health issues. It is a bioweapon, not just a vaccine that didn't work. I'll tell you this, it's, look, in Wall Street, a three standard deviation is called a tail event. It doesn't happen that often. Um, and that, you know, sometimes we see extreme six uh, standard deviation events and that's, that's kooky. 61 standard deviations is lights out, black swan event, right. something's gone off the rails. I mean, it's just, you can, it's, it's so many zeros and so unlikely to happen by accident that it has to be explained. And that's what we're, we're calling on the medical community to explain this. That's it. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, the, cra- the crazy the, thing you- is if, if it were 20 Sigma, if it were 20 Sigma, that would be true. 60 Sigma, yeah. you said that. I was like, I, that's not even, I, I can't even like understand that far out outline. So to give, an, give people an idea, for example, let's take something like um, auditory issues. Things that might, as a physician, I could tell you things, diagnoses that would fall under the gross category of auditory would be things like tinnitus, ringing in the ears, hearing loss, okay, those sorts of things, development of an acoustic neuroma. Um, those are things that would all fall under auditory. If you think about things that would fall under the cardiovascular umbrella, that could be anything from myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, heart attack, myocardial infarction, certainly rhythm disturbances. Death. Uh, rhythm disturbances, those would all fall under that umbrella. And we can go through POTS each of syndrome. the different systems. Yes, POTS, you know, a positional orthostatic tachycardia would fall under that. So there are lots of different things that would fall under each of these categories. But each one is so off the charts in terms of the statistical increases. Was there anything, Ed, there any category for which you saw things less than trend? Was there anything for which the current numbers were below trend? Or even at trend? Uh, there's, a category, there's a category called others, and that was below, that, <laughs> that, that's uh, below trend. Uh, everything, everything went up. Everything went up. And, um, you know, some more than others. At this point in the interview, Dr. Drew Pinsky does something I thought was pretty brilliant. He said, okay, let's not talk about Let's not talk about heart issues or cancer because people get all reactionary about the vaccine and COVID with with those types of issues because they're scary, right? You don't want to wake up tomorrow and find out that you have some sort of life-threatening cardiological issue or that you have been diagnosed with cancer. So he says, let's look at something like auditory, things having to do with the hearing system. That's going to get less of a reaction, a gut reaction for or against the vaccine and or COVID than perhaps more hot button issues that have to do with mortality like cancer and the heart. These are the numbers. It'd be really interesting to me if we use the audio as sort of the marker because I have seen ringing in the ears, loss of hearing, and people don't get as exercised about about that system as they do about, say, cardiac, where it's, no, 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 it's not that, it's not that. But it, it's interesting to me that I have seen both with the audio system. Well, Kelly? The visual system is up 80% uh, in, uh, from trend, trend in 2022. It was up nine percent in twenty one, and it was uh, the visual was actually down a little bit in twenty twenty. So the visual system is also getting hammered as well. Yeah, visual and so auditory. What, what there it is, and so that's wow. just a stunning visual. Amazing. That's just a stunning visual. That's the that's that's from trend. Um, then we can throw up the cardi- cardiac failure uh, trend on a month. I think I have it on a monthly basis, and you can see cardiac failure. That's chart four. Um, there it is. There's cardiac failure. You can see the, you, you know, what it was looking like trend before, and that's up uh, 513%. The Z-score there is 17. A Z-score is a way to measure standard deviation from that mean. And remember, I, t- I told you generally we look at like a standard deviation of three. And generally, when you look at a, a standard deviation of plus or minus three, that's going to capture 99% of a data set of population or what have you. This number is 17. Wow. Uh, and then the final, uh, not the final, but the, uh, the fourth chart is, or the fifth chart. This really was one of the most fascinating conversations I've, I've seen Ed Dowd have. And, but I, want, I, I just want to show you two more things. Two more things from, from this. First off, remember how it's conspiracy theory to think that the vaccines, not COVID vaccines, but the infant and child vaccines that are given to children are the cause of autism. Even though we have data 
that shows that unvaccinated children, like in some of the, I believe it's the Amish or one of those uh, communities that does their own thing, that they statistically don't have autism. But vaccinated children in the United States and other Western countries do seem to have autism. Okay, so if you're of, the, of that mindset and you're aware of that, check this out. Is uh, no, I'm sorry. The fourth chart is autistic spectrum disorders. This is uh, this is baffling to us. This is up 255 percent. Again, we're not doctors. I, I have no I idea what to make of that. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah, that's weird. So that's weird. <laughs> Let me we help you out. I wasn't aware. I, I wasn't aware there was adult onset on autism, but that that's that's occurred. So that's something yeah. to be investigated. I don't I don't even pretend to know what's going on there, but it's up. Everyone's playing dumb or being facetious, sardonic, sarcastic, ironic. Vaccines. The vaccine cause autism or increase the likelihood of autism. That appears to be statistical fact. Now, James, why are you so soft on this? Because this is not something that I've done. I've delved into deeply into the data specifically with the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm an anti-untested vaxxer. So in full disclosure, my children have had most of the proven and basic vaccines. Not all of them, but many, I would say most of them. But I've had to... Uh, and once again, my children were mostly homeschooled, but the few years I did go to school, we've had to do waivers and say, no, my child does not need this vaccine. So everyone's playing dumb here or joking or whatever thing is vaccines and autism. All right. This is where I want to uh, end this part of this, folks. Some are discounting this and thinking, OK, that's in the UK. It's got to be subsiding. We're, we're so far away. You know, COVID really hit in 2020. We've got a handle on it. We're going out. We're going to concerts. We're going to movies. We're going to Barb and, uh, Barbie Heimer over the weekend, or many people did, to see both the Barbie and the Oppenheimer movies. We're going to sporting events. We're hugging and kissing again. We're over the co The pandemic is over. And people aren't getting vaccinated as much or just the, the vaccine intake rate is lower, right? And, and many people are doing the boosters. So maybe we're out of the woods. Well, here is the sobering information when it comes to looking at the actual data. It's getting worse. It's not subsiding. It's not leveling off. The whole damn thing when it comes to all of the things that we can see as far as the effects of the vaccine are getting worse than ever. And then finally, yeah. I just want to present the, fi the final it. slide. Is, yeah, the final slide uh, I want to present is um, uh, the U.S. disability data that uh, as of June. Uh, that's slide uh, five, I believe. It's uh, yeah, there it is. So I've talked a lot about this data. It's a survey. It's a real time survey, and you can see it started going off the rails statistically in, in uh, February of twenty one and took off. And then it kind of, the rate, the good news was the rate of change slowed. But unfortunately, in the last two months, we've added 1.3 uh, million or 1.2 million new, newly disabled as self-identified from this survey. So it took off in June. We added 850,000. Looks like it's, um, the rate of change is accelerating again. So we have a crisis. We, this, I, 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 you know, I don't want to, you know, I know I, th I have an idea what it is, but look, we need we need to come together as a nation and a uh, medical community and figure this out and stop it because it's it's not stopping, it's not slowing, it's reaccelerating. It's not stopping, it's not slowing, it's accelerating. Think of an eighteen-wheeler heading toward a crowd of children trying to cross a crosswalk with a crossing guard there. He sees the 18-wheeler coming, and usually with the stop sign and the whole bunch of children, the 18-wheeler is going to decelerate 
slow down and come to a stop. What we have here is the exact opposite. We have the crossing guard looking in the eyes of that 18-wheeler and he is gunning it and going faster than he was previously. And I just want to share one last bit of news for you. What could possibly be the next thing that we could fear? What's on the horizon? I don't want to be an alarmist. But let me just tell you something that probably most of you are not aware of. There is a scare in Africa right now, Nigeria, over anthrax. Oh, and what do we have? the FDA doing just a few days ago. Here's Reuters. Emergent Biosolutions said the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has has approved its anthrax vaccine for use in adults ages 18 through 65. The vaccine, Cephindus, has been approved for use following suspected or confirmed exposure to a type of bacteria and has to be administered together with antibacterial drugs. Anthrax is a potentially deadly infectious disease caused by exposure to the anthrax bacterium. And, uh, of course, like COVID, which came from bats, anthrax is most commonly uh, uh, hits people who come in contact with spores from affected hoofed animals. Remember when COVID came from bats, but somehow destroyed the entire planet, and then the bioweapon vaccine came to save the day? I'm not being an alarmist here. I'm just putting that out there for us to be aware. Anthrax vaccine approval. What does this biolab maybe know that we don't know yet? Just throwing it out there. Thanks for joining me on this edition of BCP Unfiltered. Big hug to all of y'all. Thank you for your support. Let people know about this show. We really need your word of mouth. We don't have a big platform to let people know about this show. Please spread the word. Ciao, goodbye. God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. Fight the power.